Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. And this is Getting Rich After Divorce. We're two divorced women who decided the best way to get rich was to embrace our entrepreneurial spirits and build our own business. To us, rich means the money in your bank account, but also the quality of your life, your experiences, and your personal well-being. You're here to overcome doubt, fear, burnout, and finally get unstuck to build a business you love and makes you rich. You also want to learn how to do all of this while navigating the challenges divorced women face. If that's you, stick with us. You're in the right place. Hi, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. And this is Getting Rich After Divorce. And we are talking today about burnout and how to recognize, prevent, and manage it so that you can build your business anyway alongside any potential burnout. Yeah, this is such an important topic because um, I think people think all the time like, oh, I'm stressed. Is this burnout? I'm tired. Is this burnout? Like we have all of these things and we're just you know, like, what is burnout, Lee? What is burnout? Well, it's, it's, it's a complex condition that was identified in the medical community, not because it was being studied or anything, but because doctors themselves, nurses themselves were experiencing a whole host of these symptoms that we're going to go into. So it's, it's an emotional state, a physical state, a mental state, that results from prolonged or chronic stress, um, particularly related to work or caregiving. So as a divorced woman, you are definitely at high risk for burnout. Uh, but at, I mean, I'm sorry, as a divorced woman, you are at high risk for burnout. Sorry, <laughs> Got, I was reading this wrong. Um, but running your own business as a divorced woman makes you like doubly high risk of burnout. Um, because if I think of all the business owners I know and us, um, this is, this comes up for every solopreneur or entrepreneur who maybe even has employees burnout, something you're going to be dealing with just the nature of life. So even, even entrepreneurs who aren't divorced <laughs> bump into burnout and they have to learn, oh, oh, what is this thing I'm bumping into? And then they have to learn how to manage it, how to dig out of it. But as a divorced woman, you're just at a higher risk than the general population. Uh, so it's something you've got to learn about. Take it seriously because it has, you know, a severe impact on your physical health and mental health. It really does. And so we have to, you know, if even doctor and, you know, doctors are the worst patients. If even doctors had to take this seriously for themselves and nurses, you know, it's important, you know, it, it is a serious um, set of symptoms. So Mimi, do you want to review the symptoms? I just, well, first I wanted to just talk a little bit about this definition and what it is that you just gave, because I didn't understand um, when we first started talking about burnout a couple of years ago, really, that it really was this prolonged state that you're in. Like sometimes you have, you know, um, a child's wedding coming up or a big work project or something. And so you've got this like, oh, this week is so stressful. Like I'm like burnout and stuff. But a lot of that is just the fatigue in the moment, right? Like would burnout be like this week that flares up and then it's gone or burnout is like the what happens after this prolonged, intense period of 
stress? Yeah, I think it's it's really um, a complex thing to identify, but yeah, I think if you just had like, you just helped grow like your kid's wedding, you're going to have a few weeks where you just want to rest a lot and you don't want to do as much. So that I would say that maybe that's just like minor burnout, like just a tiny taste of burnout. Um, but what if you were helping with your kid's wedding and then right after that, a parent became ill and then right after that, your dog died. And then right after that, you know, somebody came down with COVID or multiple people in your family came down with COVID. It's the thing upon thing. And then at work, there were several emergencies and you couldn't get enough rest away from work. So it's the stacking of all these stressors over and over again, like without a lot of chance to rest in between and recover from each one individually. That's when you can dig it's like a, you can dig a shallow hole of burnout, like just, just being like throwing a wedding or a big party, or you can just dig deeper and deeper. I picture it like a hole that's harder and harder to get yourself out of the deeper and you go. So if you've had a, a lot of major life events that are stressors and sometimes are happy stressors, like throwing yeah. a wedding party or moving to a house, your dream house, you know, um, that's, that's still a stressor. So you do all those things and your dog dog dies and a parent becomes ill and work is crazy, uh, then you're more likely to dig into a deeper hole of burnout that takes a longer time to emerge from. Yeah. You know, you've got to claw your way out. I'm exhausted just thinking. <laughs> I'm getting burnout just talking about yeah. the burnout. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and it has some pretty defined symptoms, right? Yeah, so that you can kind of group them into physical symptoms and mental emotional symptoms. They're all related, but you could kind of think of them this way. So, you know, physical would be, and this is not an exhaustive list. And if you're listening to this list, keep in mind, you don't have to have all of these to be in burnout because people present with different symptoms. You know, people are different. Uh, you might not have all these but you might have one or two. So you want to take a look at that. So, and, and again, this isn't even all the symptoms. We just have like a little list here because we don't want to hit you with like 50 items, but um, the common ones you hear fatigue, listlessness, headaches, gastrointestinal issues, things that are cropping up more. Like you're getting, you're more fatigued more of the time. You're more listless more of the time. You're more headachey more of the time. You know, your gastrointestinal issues are a little more obvious. Um, high blood pressure suddenly, if your blood pressure starts to creep up, um, pure immune, poor immune function, you're getting a little sicker a little more often, sleep issues and reduced libido. So again, you don't have to have all those, but if any of those, you know, high blood pressure alone might not indicate burnout, but if you're fatigued, and you're not sleeping well, and you have high blood pressure, maybe that's something to think about. Could I look at your life? What are some reasons you might be burned out? You could ask. And then there are the mental emotional symptoms, like, and again, this is not exhaustive, but these are some common ones. Feeling more irritable than usually, you're a little more snappish, a little sharper, <laughs> or it just internally, maybe you're not acting out on it, but just internally, you're irritated, like, or, um, less confident than you used to be like places where you were confident in your life like maybe your profession 
you suddenly are a skill set that you previously thought you were pretty good at. Suddenly you're just a lot less confident. Uh, loss of interest in work that you previously enjoyed. Concentration issues, depressed mood, feeling less worthy, imposter syndrome, loss of interest or pleasure in things you used to like. So again, you don't have to have all these things. But I would say if you have some of the physical, like one or two of the physical, one or two of the mental, emotional, and they're newer and getting more pronounced, then then you would start to think about burnout. Yeah, especially if you have those stressors, you mm -hmm. know, a bunch of stressors in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it is definitely like, oh, maybe I should be considering that mm -hmm. I'm not just irritable because I'm irritable. Mm -hmm. It might be a symptom of yeah. burnout if yeah. you can. And um it really could be like you were saying, maybe you just have a couple of, so you're just skating on the edge mm -hmm. of burnout. Like that would be great, right? If you could kind of catch it before you get into a full blown burnout. Yes. So you might, depending on listening to this, you might identify that you're kind of skating on the edge. Maybe you're not in it at all, which yay for you. Or maybe you feel like you're deeper and deeper into that black hole of burnout and you've gone a little deeper. Um, yeah, so the key to healing, I think, is first of all, understanding that this is a real condition to take seriously and identifying it. That's the first step. And then learning as much as you can about how to get through it while also keeping your life going and your business growing. Yeah, I think I think that's an important thing to, to state, Lee. Just recognizing that you might be in burnout is mm -hmm. such an important first step. Because I think, um, especially as women, we can be so dismissive of these symptoms. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't have time to pay attention to that. You know, I have things to do. And so you really just to stop and think, well, maybe this is related to burnout. I love it. Because now you can do something, right? You mm -hmm. just aren't at the mercy of it. Mm -hmm. And I think too often women feel like, you know, this is just how it's going to be. You know, they do feel like at the mercy of these symptoms and these symptoms make them feel like they can't handle life. Yeah. So if I can't handle life, how am I going to add a business on top of it? Mm -hmm. And that's when we hear a lot of women say, oh, when, when everything else calms down, when life is mm -hmm. good, I'll do it. But right now, right now, it's not the right time. I can't mm -hmm. do it now. And so all of those dreams just get pushed back and pushed further back. Right. It's. Women tend to make it mean, these symptoms mean something bad about themselves rather than something they can learn to manage and heal so that they can live their dreams. They tend to make it mean something bad about them and their situation and there's nothing they can possibly do and therefore they can't do their business or something. They make it mean the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not because they're bad, but we've been trained, you know, as we will keep saying over and over, women have been trained by our culture to be certain ways and to think certain ways. And so we have to learn to dismantle some of that so that we can keep going and, and you know, do more things and free ourselves financially, you know, especially if we want to be entrepreneurs to free ourselves enough so that we can do this thing called, you know, entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I think one of the things that Leah and I have learned in running our business is you have to be considering the possibility of burnout. Even if you aren't in it, that's the best time, right? Yeah. Like if you aren't in, you know, in burnout and it's like, so what are the things that I want to do to build in 
anti-burnout prevention to starting my business because you truthfully can start and run a business without it being a huge increased stressor. And part of what we teach in our programs is one, we go more into how to recognize burnout, how it shows up in your life, how it affects your decision-making and the things that you can do to prevent it. And not just like, oh, I'm going to go get a massage so then I won't have burnout. But it's like, how can I build a business that um, lessens the opportunity for burnout to show up? Yeah, you know, and our programs, and we decided to build our business this way. We did it very methodically and we take it seriously because both of us have to different degrees suffered burnout. I have been, you know, a high risk candidate, you know, for a while now because of stuff going on in my family you know, I'm in the sandwich generation and taking care of a parent and who has pretty severe form of dementia. And so I'm at very high risk for burnout and have definitely, you know, gone down into the black hole of burnout and had to claw my way back out. And um, you can build your business very intentionally so that you know how to manage the symptoms so that you know how to prevent it in the first place, how to lessen the risk. So you can start to lessen the risk and work with the risk factors ahead of time so that it doesn't take you out of the game. Because what happens, Mimi, if you don't do this, if you don't deal with the burnout potential? Yeah, I think that I think the three main things that happen if you don't deal with burnout is you really don't start a business. You allow this idea of burnout and the physical symptoms and emotional impact of burnout to prevent you from even starting your business. You know, it's kind of like what we were saying before. It's like, oh, it's not the right time and you're pushing it off. Or you start your business, but you really, you see it start to take off and you start to think to yourself, I can't allow that to happen. Like if, if this business takes off, that's just one more thing that's going to add to my stress load. So you really prevent your business from becoming as successful as it could potentially become. Mm-hmm. And when you, um, the third thing is, if you uh, stay in burnout and allow burnout to drive your decision making, anything that goes wrong in your business is like, see, I knew I could, I knew this business wasn't for me. I knew I shouldn't have started it until so you shut it down. Right. When it might have just needed a little tweak, it might have needed, you know, maybe that was when you should have hired somebody, but you can't make that decision because you're in burnout. So you just turn it off. You just, yeah. Because you're in burnout, remember those um, mental, emotional things make you feel like you can't do anything anyway. You start to lose a lot of self-confidence. And so then you're like, I just can't do this. And so you don't want to get to that point or you want to have a high level of self-awareness that these are symptoms. They're not permanent structures and they don't necessarily mean anything about you. You're still highly capable. You're just excruciatingly tired and you need some more rest and you can build in more time for rest and keep your business going and start a business even. Yeah. So what does an anti-burnout plan look like? Oh, well, let's get to that. We have a long list. (laughs) Yeah. One, I think first is it needs to be proactive. Yeah. Like you need to be thinking about what your burnout plan is before you're deep into burnout. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you're in burnout, you want to be doing these things too, but if you can put your plan together proactively Mm -hmm. and build your business from that place, that's the best. Exactly. So that's why, again, in our program, a part of our business building plan and roadmap is that you're building a foundation in your business that will help put stops on burnout. So that includes things like, you know, building in more vacation time, build, making sure you're not working 
overworking during each week or during each day. You know, there are a lot of things to look at, but um, so it would include things like that in your business building foundation. But um, here are some basic kind of eagle eye view things you can think about in your anti-burnout uh, strategy. Yeah, I think to start off with, it's like Lee was saying, it's personal, right? So one person's stress load might look really different, like that's going to push them into burnout might look really different than my stress load or Lee's stress load. So really recognize the signs of burnout for you, like, mm -hmm. you know, when do you feel yourself slipping into burnout? You know, is it when you get irritable? Is it when you can't, you can't make a decision? Like whatever it is, is it a physical one? Like I just haven't slept more than two hours a night, you know, for this week. So really tune into what your personal signs of burnout are. Right. It's going to be very individualized. So the way my symptoms present may not be yours. The life events that I have may not be yours, you know, so just remember that one person's burnout is not another person's burnout, but, but you are at high risk despite being a woman, by being a divorced woman and a divorced woman with a business. <laughs> and, and probably have financial pressures. Yeah. You know, because if you listen to some of our previous, you know, podcasts, you know, that as a woman coming out of divorce, you are at your financial well-being goes down, whereas a man's tends to rise over the next few years. So mm -hmm. highly likely that you have that financial pressure, um, but really is understanding what your stressors are. Maybe financial stressors weren't one for you. Maybe you don't have fi you know family crisis, but just like you want to recognize your personal signs of burnout, you want to start to pay attention to what your personal stressors are. Yes, exactly. And so then it's developing, and here's where you plan, you know, you develop healthy habits. Most people, you know, we start our instruction and in our programs for women. Most women, when you say develop healthy habits, immediately think about losing weight, eating right, and exercising. Those are all good things. There's nothing wrong with any of that. You know, if you want to eat right and exercise, those are actually good, healthy habits. But that's not nearly enough. <laughs> a lot of very fit, skinny people are in deep holes of burnout. So <laughs> that alone is not going to cut it. So, you know, you've got to focus on your sleep and anti-stress tactics like meditation, tapping, like there's a whole slew of stuff that we teach in our program that are anti-stress um, habits you can build into your day. So being skinny and uh, being fit, are they're nice, but you could still be in full-blown burnout with those things. So healthy habits goes way further. It's making time for fun, hobbies you enjoy, trying to identify hobbies, because if you're a busy person with kids, you may have stopped doing all the stuff you used to do that you loved, or you never developed something you loved because you've been too busy. So a lot of women just want to cry when asked what they do for fun because there's just nothing comes to mind so <laughs> yeah I can I can remember when we first started the business and we're talking about self-care and I was like who has got time for that you know like self-care self-indulgent you know it's like mm -hmm. nope I can't do it and I it, it wasn't until I actually started practicing these healthy habits and and really owning some self-care techniques and it's like oh wait a minute when I take time and do that it relieves and makes me more productive more happy 
you know, more fun to be around myself and for other people to be around me, you know, so it really does these healthy habits. It's not one more thing that you're adding onto your plate. It's the thing that's going to make the plate you know, easier, easier, bearable. <laughs> yeah. I can lift this plate now that felt yeah. like, you know, a ton of weight. So it's so, so important. And that was a really hard one for me yeah. to grasp. I was like, oh, now I've got to do yeah. Yeah. It can feel like it's adding of your list of things to do, but it's really trying to subtract the stuff that's hard and maybe not necessary. Uh, and if you're adding anything, it's fun and rest, having more fun and more rest. Um, it's easy as a woman, a single mom, um, and a business owner to discount the need for rest, you know, to devalue, just like Mimi said, you know, while she used to devalue um, taking care of herself or indulging in things that are fun, uh, we can devalue the need for really solid, consistent sleep and rest. So, and rest can be different from sleep. It's not all about sleep, but rest can be just staying still and not doing anything, which a lot of us and the culture we're in sounds possibly torturous, but we, we do need periods of time when we're not really doing anything. Yeah. And I have to kind of embrace the idea that rest could also be just like a peaceful walk mm-hmm. around the yard. Like rest didn't have to be like, oh, I've cuddled up in my right bed. Like yeah. it, it can yeah. take different, different forms. Yeah. Um, I think another piece of the anti-burnout uh, plan is really firming your boundaries. Oh yeah. You know, because super porous boundaries, it just means you're accessible to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think when you have firm boundaries around your time, you know, what people can expect from you, um, what you can expect from yourself, you know, it kind of starts to diminish the feeling of overwhelm that you've got. The hardest issue I found in working with women for boundaries is the nobody can do it like me syndrome. Like nobody else can do it, but me. Um, That includes making dinner for your kids. Like nobody else will do it or nobody else can do it as well. Or if I let them do it, they'll just eat marshmallows for dinner. And maybe that's what I have to do. Or it's really boundaries for the self. It's not necessarily, you know, sometimes women tend to think of boundaries, like, especially divorced women tend to think about the ex, you know, like, oh, I need to put boundaries up with my ex. Um, or saying no, but often it's the boundaries inside. It's all the thoughts that tell you that only you can get all the stuff done. It might prevent you from hiring a virtual assistant to help you with some tasks, you know, some admin tasks in your business. Um, thinking nobody could, you know, I'll have to train them. I nobody else will do it as well as I do it. You know, it's too risky. All these things. So the boundaries are often within yourself that you need to establish. Yeah, it's kind of like saying you've got to put boundaries around your own sense of perfectionism mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's yeah. a tough one. Boundaries can be mm-hmm. tough, but paying attention to them is so important. And then too, like Lee said, like seek support, like ask for help. It's really hard, especially um, I know when I came out of um, my divorce and I just felt like, well, that didn't go the way I wanted it to do. So I wanted everything to be perfect from then on. And so I was like, I worked so hard to put on a appearance of like, I'm okay. No, we've got it. You know, I, I've got it. I can do this. I can do this. And so even if somebody, you know, reached out to help, 
I, you know, I just wanted them to see me not as broken. I wanted them to see me as okay. And so I just didn't want to ask for help at all. Right. Right. And in your business, so it's like personal support, you know, allowing people to watch your kids, allowing people to help drive your kids. If you're a single mom or at work, I, I know it's tempting. And I, I did this too. To, to kind of escape and numb out by going into more work, like a heavier workload, that is definitely a path to burnout. <laughs> it's like a numbing almost, it's, right? It's numbing and it's a type of numbing that's going to end up harming you uh, because eventually that workload is going to kill you. And people at work, like if you're in a corporate setting, will start noticing what a superwoman you are and be like, she's fine carrying the world on her shoulders. She can do it no problem because- that's the perception they have, but you can't do it forever. <laughs> you can't do it forever. Yeah. And what has all the other side is burnout. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you can't be too successful mm -hmm. at pretending to be successful. Right. Like I ace that one and now nobody understands me. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's really hard. And I think that um, like one final tip is to always be assessing, are you doing an anti-burnout plan, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's one thing that we build into our programs. It's like, okay, step back, you know, like if you're looking to scale to the next level, where are you now, you know, or is your foundation solid? Are you taking care of yourself while you're moving into this next phase? Yeah. And how, how are you going to make this new phase of your business? You know, if you're in a growth, you know, spurt, you know, how do you, how are you going to manage all that, you know, realistically? yes, you can do it. Absolutely. And you'll do it way better and with less burnout if you have an anti-burnout plan as you grow. And, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. It's a complex topic. That's why we built it into our, you know, membership program. Um, but we, we really want to, to get the message out there that you might be in burnout and take it seriously, start doing some stuff to get out. And you, it's not an excuse to give up your dreams. You know, don't let it stop you in your tracks from going after your dreams. Don't let it mean that, but take it seriously and do some stuff. And, you know, you might need a therapist. You might need to go to your doctor. You might need to hire a coach, you know, get professional help. Um, let people support you through this. Yeah, absolutely. That's been fascinating. Yeah, there's way more. We're going to be talking about burnout, you know, more. We're going to have more, more episodes on burnout because it's a big topic but we just really wanted to educate on what it is how you recognize it and just some basic things to think about yeah and and that you can learn to manage it mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. it's doable yeah. it's doable yeah thanks for joining us today bye everybody Thank you for listening to Getting Rich After Divorce. We're so happy you were here. We truly value each and every one of you. Yes, um, we, we sure do. And be sure to subscribe to us wherever you're catching us, whether it's on, you know, through a podcast platform or on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating if you feel like you deserve that. Um, and, and join our community so you get updates and, and stick with us.